Hello and welcome to The Outside Story, a podcast on TV, film, and media from an outside perspective. I'm your host, Larry, and today I have here with me Jonathan, and you are listening to our yearly Halloween special for 2022. And today we'll be talking about The Bird Photo, The Black Tapes, and The Quarry. So usually we only have like five or so episodes every Halloween special, but this year, we there was just so much we wanted to talk about that we just had to just include more. So this is a uh, bonus episode for you listeners out there. Mm-hmm. And today's media is a little bit different. Um, traditionally, we usually talk about TV, you know, TV film. But The Burnt Photo and Black Tapes are actually podcasts. And The Quarry is a horror video game. So... Jonathan, I, I always bring this up to you because <laughs> you're the one who who did suggest uh, the burn photo and black tapes for us to listen to for this special. Um, so, right. what made you want to bring these two particular podcasts up for our Halloween special? These two are kind of the most I don't know accessible, you know, like in terms of podcast style and. I guess in terms of like content and also like popularity, like a lot of people know about these podcasts, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, if they listen to horror audio drama podcasts, which seems a little niche, but at the same time, Black Tapes is actually a pretty popular podcast. And, you know, my favorites are definitely other podcasts other horror podcasts but those are a little bit more unknown and i kind of wanted to start out us with stuff that is a little bit more well known and a little bit more accessible i don't know did you feel like these were uh, accessible to you mm-hmm. yeah they're pretty accessible like they're very easy to get into like i've always loved like radio audio dramas that was just mm-hmm. sort of like I-, I don't know like growing up i remember hearing like um focus on the family <laughs> yeah focus on the family and and, and like those odyssey uh radio dramas right, like, I, right, I like right. yeah, yeah i like i've always found those really like interesting and i really love listening to them as a kid so like hearing this stuff now that like this type of media is very easy you know to listen to and it is accessible mm-hmm. um that I, I like when you suggested them i was like yeah i'll give them a shot and um i i really enjoyed them for what they were so yeah uh yeah let's just kind of get right into them um so the first one we'll be talking about is the burned photo uh so the burned photo is about this family it's a a mother and a daughter and they're just kind of like i don't know how to really describe it they're just kind of like uh like isolated or they kind of keep to themselves quite a bit like like the like the the daughter like it's just a normal mother and daughter. They kind of live out, and I think I think the first episode they live in like in Colorado ish area. And the daughter encounters someone and makes like a new friend. And then she she tells her mother about the new friend, and the mother starts getting a little paranoid, saying like, "Well, like who is she? Like where are her parents? Like you know, like so like her the rules set by her mother is that she needs to meet their parents first before uh mm-hmm. they could be friends because there's she's had yeah. like some really weird shady suspicious encounters with these new child friend childhood friends of hers that yeah. just appear to just exist out of nowhere <laughs> yeah. so i think that's kind of like the basis of like the kind of like the beginning right where it's like mm-hmm. her mom is not very strict but her mom always had this really, really weird rule that she absolutely needed to meet her friend's parents before they ever come into the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she never knew why. Right, right. And then um, the rest of the first season just kind of takes you on this really long roller coaster ride of uh, different characters, different perspectives about like like where the mother had this thing that always kind of, kind of kind of kept following her and how all these other characters kind of connect to it that's kind of like the gist of it without really giving away too much mm-hmm. um yeah. but yeah i was um i really liked the first few episodes i thought they were really interesting mm-hmm. um and i actually i actually liked the mother and i there's, an, there's another character that gets introduced later kira like i really like those two characters mm-hmm. um they they have a lot of um backbone i guess if you want to call it <laughs> i'll right. bring it up later right. um but yeah i really like those two characters they didn't really have like a, a full-on plan but they at least felt like they had to do something you know mm-hmm. and that's what and i really liked 
Right. Um, I, I liked them for that. Right. Active characters are very much more interesting to uh, follow and, you know, care about and stuff. We talked a little bit about this in our last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Jonathan, what did you like about this podcast? I thought this podcast was really interesting. The beginning, like you said, is very, I think it just kind of captures you, the beginning, because mm-hmm. you're just kind of like listening to it. And it's actually really creepy, you know? Yeah. Um, because, you know, you kind of get these like little kids who are coming up and trying to be friends with the main character and stuff and and then like um when she has her own kid you know like you get to meet that other the other kid for the first time and he's really creepy too you know yeah and so like there's just kind of like this ability of the podcast to like kind of make chills go up your spine without you even seeing anything you know because it's all mm-hmm. auditory and i think that like that's kind of like the beauty of podcasts is it lets you imagine for yourself what is happening, you know, what yeah. the kid looks like, what the monster looks like, you know. And so I, I really like this form of media for podcasts. I mean, for horror, um, because it allows so much imagination for the listener, you know, mm-hmm. and you just have to do your part on you know, the voice acting part and the writing part, and then everything else fills in, you know? And so I think if you're able to do that well and tell a story well, just through audio, then it kind of brings back, you know, those horror stories by the campfire sort of feel where Mm -hmm. you're just kind of telling it and people are imagining it for themselves, you know? Um, I very much enjoyed this podcast, but we only listened to season one. And I kind of feel like um, this podcast, along with um, the other podcasts I will be listening to today, kind of suffers from, like, this weird, <laughs> like, like I don't know, maybe it's just like an audio drama thing, but I just, I just feel like it kind of suffers a little bit, like, in the midway to the end, you know? Like, the beginning is always really good, and then when you get to the middle, it's just kind of like, oh, what's happening here now, you know? And <laughs> yeah. then the end, you're just like that was it you know yeah like like nothing really gets resolved right (laughs) like that's it yeah Yeah. um it's like one of those new netflix shows where it's sort of like oh stay tuned for season two because we want to make sure we have (laughs) we want to make sure we get enough viewer hype to get a season two so they'll leave like season one on on the cliffhanger like that that's that's what i felt like a uh, burn photo was kind of doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe it was you know they they are really trying to get people hooked on to they come back and listen to season two, but I don't know. I feel like storytelling nowadays doesn't need a big cliffhanger for people to come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like a lot of TV shows nowadays, especially streaming TV shows, they don't end on a cliffhanger. They just kind of end on something big. You know what I mean? And then that's it. You know, whereas, like, an example would be, like, for Game of Thrones Season 1, when um, Bran climbs up the tower to see who's there, we actually see who's there, and we actually see what's happening, you know? Yeah. Um, You can argue that there's a cliffhanger that, you know, he gets pushed, and does he, you know, stay alive or does he die? I mean... You know, that could be a yeah. cliffhanger potentially, mm-hmm. but the, the the bigger cliffhanger is like who's in there, you know? Right. Um, and we get that answer. And so I feel like a lot of a lot of like T V shows nowadays just give us the answer so that we we come back and, and see how how that answer is going to be, you know, sort of figured out by the rest of of everybody on the show you know what I yeah mean? yeah and how it plays out like for the right. rest of the season for the rest of the right. season yeah mm-hmm. right because the stakes are so high that the impact of the cliffhanger is important enough for people to want to come back you know mm-hmm. yeah also i uh when i first listened to this podcast i messaged jonathan immediately i was like jonathan i absolutely hate cops and horror stories <laughs> <laughs> like absolutely like like, like okay so so there, there there's a there's a character in the burn photo where something happens to the mother and her son so the mother gets like taken into like police custody right and so which is getting interviewed by the detective that the detective goes and says you know he gives like this whole spiel of like he was trying to figure out this crossword puzzle and like the detective's um, child figured it out and so he says i'm here to give you perspective so i'm here to listen and then the moment the detective 
listens and then gets like another call about something he immediately turns 180 and cancels out ex- like the whole entire theme of what he was trying to say you know <laughs> he completely disregards like listening to the main character's perspective disregards trying to figure out what's going on but instead now has this very narrow mindset of like right. okay like i'm gonna go full on bad cop on you and i know i'm right without any real clear evidence you know so right. i'm like so i was like jonathan i really hate cops and horror stories because they're so narrow-minded <laughs> sometimes and this character i think what the bad cop didn't bug me but i think what made it uh like pissed me off even more i guess was because he he had that spiel about perspective and by him doing a 180 just totally cancels out that you know right so i was like okay i really hate this character and he kind of shows up later in the podcast i'm like nope i hate him i still hate him (laughs) (laughs) and it's even worse because when he when he gets reintroduced again he brings up that same story i'm like are you are you freaking kidding me (laughs) singing the same note over and over again yeah i was like bro get out of here man you just (laughs) useless get out of here (laughs) right i think i think for him what was more important at that time was like the child you know yeah because at that time you know the mother had called in and said you know my child is missing or whatever Mm -hmm. and you know the cop is like okay like you know you have to tell me what's going on and then like like the cops figure out that like the child might be dead and like immediately he turns 180 because he suspects her of like murdering her own child and like trying to fake it, fake it off as like a as a missing person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I think for him, what mattered more was the safety of the child. And when he figured that part out, because the piece of evidence that they find is very um, convincing. You know that yeah. that she was the one who did it. So because they had no other suspects, basically. Yeah. But I do agree with you. Like the trope of um of, like useless cop is so prevalent, you know, in horror movies. <laughs> yeah. And, so. and and we've seen it in like Fear Street and like a bunch mm-hmm. of other uh stories and even like just general horror stories. Yeah. It's a pretty right. much a strong horror trope. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, the only thing it's broken in is uh Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But even then it's it's only it only applies to Hopper. Hopper's the only one who breaks the stereotype yeah not a useless cop (laughs) right and then in the beginning he was you know but he yeah 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 Mm -hmm. um yeah also so for this podcast story i wasn't really a fan of like what it led up to because you mean like the last episode i mean the whole voodoo thing because i felt like there weren't any hints about it that would kind of suggest that it was voodoo to begin with. And not right. only that, it's a very stereotypical look at voodoo, you know, because it doesn't really like explore other aspects of it. And there weren't really. Yeah. yeah so I just don't like that. It's a horror trope, you know, like, you know, when, when people bring up demonic possession, they don't bring up the other aspects of Christianity. You know, that's just how yeah. horror tropes are. They always bring out that that negative side to it but unless it's like super involved in the story it's really hard to be convinced of like that mythology of it you know or or, yeah. or, or at least that the story behind it so i just really wasn't a fan of that i was like really uh, <laughs> of all things that because because in the middle of it it was suggesting more like fantasy like fantasy horror at first but then <laughs> i was like at nods voodoo I'm like huh what so yeah i I, I don't i I don't even know if it's voodoo either though like 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 they just call it that right right i i don't i don't really know if it's voodoo either and this is only after season one right like i probably listened to maybe a couple episodes of season two but i never finished it because i felt like it was just too much of the same thing you know Uh um and so i was like i don't really want to commit to this you know um Mm -hmm. and so i don't know like i just kind of felt like I felt like it still kind of held on to its fantasy magic, you know? Yeah. Um, like, this is, like, fantasy magic horror sort of thing mm-hmm. instead of voodoo. But then maybe voodoo is just what they called it because they didn't know what it, what else it was, you know? Yeah, back okay. Back in the day, you know? Mm-hmm. But did you feel like it was, like, oh, yeah, this is voodoo? It seemed to imply that. So that's why I, I assumed it was it was that. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I can, I can definitely see 
why, you know, because they kind of make it seem that way. But mm-hmm. I think I think there may be a part in there, and I don't know if it was in the last episode or the next episode after that. But um, I think there was a point where they were saying like, "Oh yeah, this isn't voodoo or something." It seems like it, but it's not. Oh okay. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just making that up. <laughs> it might have been in the last episode. I don't know because yeah. the last episode, to be honest, was kind of. I don't like the last episode really for out of this place. season. Yeah. yeah. I, when when I was listening to it for the very first time, I literally had to look at look at the playlist and be like, am I listening to the right episode? You know? Because yeah. mm-hmm. it was so out of place, you know? Yeah. And there was no near there was no narrator to tell us that what was going on. Yeah. Um so like uh, like compared to like, you know, Bly Manor, where, like, you know, they have that flashback episode, right? Which is similar uh-huh. to what's happening in the burn photo at the end. There's just flashback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at least in the Bly Manor, we have a narrator telling us about the Lady of the Lake, you know, and all that mm-hmm. stuff, right? Right. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, for a burn photo, we don't get anything. And so it's, it's kind of hard for us to figure out that this is actually what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was a little lost, and so and then I was upset that that was the last episode of the season, you know, <laughs> yeah. because it's like, wait, this doesn't make any sense. And maybe the structure of podcasts, you know, audios, dramas are different, but I just don't like that, you know. Yeah, and also another thing. Wow, we're on this first podcast for a while. There's a lot to talk about. Um, <laughs> one last thing was. We talk about like active and like passive characters, and in, in, um, we brought it up at the beginning of this episode. And what bugs me the most is like around like episode, like around, around like the middle of the of the, the season of, of this podcast episode. The main character Felicia, for some reason, like doesn't want to confront this thing that's kind of haunting like her family, and believes she, she just kind of keeps running and running and running away because. Because for some reason, she didn't, like, believe that it was going to come after her and her son when it, like, clearly came after her and her mother when they when she was younger. So I was, like, really confused. I was like, uh, so, okay, so what bugs me is that she just, she just kept running without, like, having to really think about or plan about, like, running. Or think about how she's going to evade it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's a little annoying because that's literally all she did. Like, she didn't want to do anything. She did not want to answer the call for, like... <laughs> almost all the season until it actually hurt her son. I'm like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like it clearly, if it's hurt you, you know, when you were younger, it's always going to hurt your son. Like, come on, are you seriously? Really? But <laughs> I just did not like that. Yeah. So overall, what'd you think of this podcast? Overall, I think if you enjoy scary stuff or you're tired of, you know, the typical movie or tv show give the burn photo a try and see if you know audio podcasts might be your thing i very much enjoyed the beginning of it uh, but then it kind of starts to just be the same thing over and over and over again which i wasn't a fan of and then they tried to change it with the flashback and i was just like this doesn't help it just makes it more confusing you know yeah Um, yeah and so i like parts of this but not enough of it to continue on but i feel like this is a good starter one if you want to get started on audio podcast uh horror audio podcasts yeah overall i, I agree it, it's it has a very intriguing story you know it kind of mm-hmm. hooks you from from the very beginning it has yeah. it has a few very has a very few interesting moments as well like very good moments like i really liked kira's story like when they introduced her i don't know why but i really liked her story and how she kind of gets involved through the entirety of it um so it has some really good stuff but um it also has some you know rough around the edges parts of the story too Mm -hmm. um so yeah uh definitely give it a shot if it sounds really interesting but yeah that's pretty much what we think our next story we'll be talking about is the black tapes jonathan you want to give this a go Sure. Yeah. So the Black Tapes is uh, another audio podcast about this woman named uh, Alex Regan, who is kind of like a journalist who goes and talks to people about their vocation and careers. And her first episode for her podcast is supposed to be about Dr. Richard Strand and the people who investigate paranormal sort of 
anomalies or paranormal things and dedicate their lives to researching paranormal things. And she runs across Dr. Strand and gets an interview with him. He's very hard to get an interview with. But he, she ends up getting an interview with him. And he, Dr. Strand, doesn't actually believe in the paranormal. He has an excuse for every single thing. Like, oh, yeah, look, the door moved by itself. And he's like, oh, that's just a draft, you know? Or, oh, can't you hear that, like, you know, wailing noise off in the background? And he's like, oh, the microphone probably just, you know, blipped out for that little bit. You know, he has an excuse for every single paranormal thing that happens. Mm-hmm. But when yeah. he when Alex gets into his office, she sees this... Um, case of black tapes in the corner of his office and she's like what are those and he pulls one out and they watch it together and it's just very creepy video of this sort of dark figure in the background hanging out in the shadows of this little kid's birthday party and like he basically says that the black tapes are all things that he could never get like an explanation for that's kind of his um what he tells her and this kind of spirals her into this very deep investigation of the black tapes and what all the black tapes like like kind of like the mystery behind each tape and stuff like that i think it's a very intriguing way to do a horror podcast and I think it has a very interesting like show engine, you know, with this whole sort of each tape having its own thing and and it's that sort of feels like this monster of the week <laughs> sort of thing at the mm-hmm. beginning, you know? Yeah. Uh, which makes it really interesting. And the way that they describe it and also the way that they the style of the podcast. So the style of the podcast is more of like a mockumentary, right? Would you say, Larry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mockumentary yeah. for sure. It feels like a more like a mockumentary. She's a journalist, so she's interviewing people and she's talking with them and they're giving her information and stuff like that. And then she's also talking with her, like her editor her or her supervisor slash boss. Um, and they mm-hmm. essentially are kind of giving information. And it's less of a, like a, oh my gosh, drama and more of like a, you know, this is what I'm investigating. And so it's, it's, it has that sort of interesting aspect to it too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A yeah. lot more like investigative journalism. Yeah. Right. Right. What did you think of this uh, podcast, Larry? I like this one a lot. It's very creepy. It has a lot of good moments. It strikes a really good balance of like creepiness, scare factor and kind of mystery. Like, like mm-hmm. all those three and kind of just pulls you in, in into all of them. It's like a thread, like that kind of just keeps kind of keeps getting pulled, and you kind of just want to follow the trail and the breadcrumbs and see where it goes, you know. Right. And I liked how they did it for for each episode, but then after a while, I felt like it just kind of like kept dragging on because like mm-hmm. it wasn't really reaching any conclusions. <laughs> like right. it, it was just sort of like revealing stuff that Doctor Strand already knows, you know. Where it's like it's not really like like a big reveal it's a big reveal for us but it's like eh, it's whatever because for dr strand because he already knows it. he's already seemingly comes up with answers already you know with right. everything um right but there were a few things i wasn't like uh like a big fan of like um <laughs> i don't know if i'm pretty sure you've noticed this but there's like whenever they reveal something in this in this podcast there's like a bass drop like a boom yeah, yeah. yeah the sound design yeah yeah i like the sound design but they keep dropping that bass for like yeah. every reveal so you almost yeah. hear it like oh my god reveal oh my god reveal you hear it, like, <laughs> it feels like you hear it like every other second <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, it's like right. what and then boom and then right. like, yeah this boom <laughs> i was like uh it's not <laughs> I, it's not very uh not very convincing there <laughs> yeah i did notice that and you know at first you don't really notice and you're just kind of like whatever but then they start doing it a lot and you're like okay this is a little dramatic you know what i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> they could be like a they could be a little bit more subtle on it you know yeah for sure yeah for sure yeah yeah and it's almost like it's almost implying that we might not understand the the, the severity impact of what they just the impact said. Yeah, yeah. yeah the impact and severity of the reveal and the right. reason why though is because there's a lot of threads 
like it like mm-hmm. in the late in the later half of the season because there's just so much going on by the end of some podcasts mystery episode mystery investigation episodes like they don't really finish the story but they actually do continue on the later episodes which actually surprised me like i didn't realize they were going to continue following up on some of the some of the previous podcast episodes that they already did um mm-hmm. so i thought that was interesting but that got really confusing because like wait who are you again because <laughs> right. like because it's it's not it's not just that uh some voices are very distinct where you can tell the difference but some is sort of like they bring up a name and i'm like i don't know who you are because i don't have like a big map on my in my room right you know with the red string <laughs> detailing across like how I would, <laughs> how i would imagine uh <laughs> how i would imagine alex regan has it you know right. so <laughs> I, I thought that was really like um I thought that was interesting, but also very confusing at the same time. Um, yeah. The one story I think that creeped me out the most, like there's some really good stories. Like I really liked the upside down face. I like the unsound. But uh-huh. the one that actually got me for some reason was when Alex was interviewing, like I think it was an episode about this uh, secret monastery uh-huh. um, and how they had a recording of like an exorcism in this monastery because uh-huh. uh, like they're doing like a seance or something. And then... Um, Alex interviews the person who who did the um the exorcism thing and she talks yeah. and this girl this woman talks about how she got into it and how she came into it you know cuz when she was younger she experienced something and like the recounting of her experience like just scared me <laughs> like it was very creepy i was like oh my god this is terrifying <laughs> like this is absolutely terrifying cuz it felt a little bit it felt a little bit close to home, like a little bit too close to yeah. home because cause the reason why this lady got into it was because cause she was kind of being haunted, but also she felt like a calling to, what, what's, what's the word I'm looking for here? <laughs> to kind of like um, go after the spiritual side of of herself yeah 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 and have like this strong sense of spiritual warfare stuff and that that stuff hits really close to home i was like man i've kind of experienced that kind of stuff and i know i've I've heard of stuff like this you know and like her experience with like religion felt very like interpersonal too like you you could feel it like because most most like to be honest when most stories talk about when most horror stories talk about like angels and demons and exorcisms and demonic possessions they're they're only talking about the demonic possession side but what extends this character further was more of like oh like like she has a very stout faith and it's very well implied in her character too Mm -hmm. so i was like man like combining that kind of character (laughs) along with like spiritual warfare because most people who who dwell with spiritual warfare and like um possession and horrors and horror tropes are very like skeptical about it right but no this woman believes it <laughs> so yeah. so that that's for me that's more terrifying than than the usual horror trope you know what i mean yeah in this one she doesn't go through like she doesn't go through like uh like the name of demons and stuff like that right no and the importance of that oh so, she, she, you know, she, she does i think she talks about she she didn't want alex to say the name i remember Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That mm-hmm. that part freaked me out a lot. Like something yeah. about like there was one demon where like you don't even have to say the name, you just have to think it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, hell no, dude. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Uh-huh. and so like I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so creepy, you know? Mm-hmm. And then and then and then they say the name of the demon, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then and then you're just like, Oh crap, I'm gonna think about that name later. You know what I mean? And so it like creeps you out a little bit. Um and just the way that the the, the podcast is recorded is like it makes you think twice of whether or not this all of this is actually real because mm-hmm. it's so convincing the way that they record it. it it even if you look up the the podcast like online there's nowhere that says that it's fictional you know everything makes it seem like it's real um and so they just they just have created this sort of like like everything behind it um to make it seem like it's real you know um mm-hmm. and they do a really good job you know with all that and so yeah I really like this podcast a lot, um, and and I recommend it to a lot of people. But it does have kind of like a little bit of the same sins as the last one, where there's just so many different threads. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And we get lost, like the 
the listeners like gets lost on on where we are and who is who and like because there's so many characters it's it gets really difficult to follow and since there's so many different stories that are trying to like weave back and forth it's hard to remember what happened last time with this with story a and story b and story c you know mm-hmm. um yeah. and and you don't really know like what to expect anymore and then you also don't know if a story has really ended or not because mm-hmm. i feel like a couple episodes later they go back and be like oh remember this this finally happened you know what yeah I mean? yeah uh-huh. um and so it's just kind of like oh right you know <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah, did you have a favorite episode or favorite story? Um, I feel like a lot of them are really fascinating. I feel like the upside down face one was definitely creepy AF. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, even the even the shadowy figure that one's creepy too. You mm-hmm. know, um, because it follows that guy for like his whole life basically, and yeah. it's there. It's there at his most important like parts of his life which is even more freaky you know what I yeah mean? it's like you're there at birthdays you're there at the wedding it's like dude that's freaky as fuck you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and then um even the unsound too because you know like i like music and i like um you know like i like making music and listening to music and so like just the idea of the unsound like a sound that like is supposed to open the gates of hell you know like that's like a really interesting concept you know just kind of and 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 like also like you know all the stuff they talk about music and like you know demonic notes or whatever or notes that were supposed to like symbolize like you know the devil and stuff like that like i've studied music and people really believed that back in the day you know like people Mm -hmm. really believed that there was music that could you know summon demons and stuff like that because of the way that it sounded and so like i i just I just thought that whoever did the research for all the music stuff was like, they, they did it really well, you know, cause all of that is real. Yeah. Um, and so just this idea of the unsound was also like fascinating and creepy, you know, and then the monastery and all, and, and things like that. Like, like, I mean, I studied, uh, I got my master of divinity and, and there are monasteries that are like that too. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's just like, all of this stuff is, it's just very, feels very real, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and very, very close to this whole idea of like, is it real? Is it not? Like, it's paranormal, you know? So it's very close to our world and the way that we, like, experience it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not hard if somebody actually believed that all this stuff was real. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like it for that. But then I don't... I didn't like it enough to keep listening because I just felt like there was just way too much... Too many threads to follow and I just couldn't follow it anymore. I mean, I also liked the, the, the story of that one kid, too, who supposedly like astral traveled you know and then and then like was accused of killing his parents um Mm -hmm. and that thread was interesting because when they were listening to that recording of him tapping on the table like i was like that's really creepy you know what i mean yeah um (laughs) because you're dealing with this like supposedly crazy killer you know Uh um who doesn't talk you know and so uh, I think I think that that was really well done too. Yeah, it, it's weird. Like I actually didn't like that story as much. Oh, okay. <laughs> what probably bugged me the most was maybe Alex's like her questions about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it it felt like she didn't truly cared not cared or believed right ab- ab- about it. You know when she was right. questioning the second person about the astral trouble in, in the facility. Like, yeah. I, th- I think that's what probably bugged me the most about that episode. Like, yeah. like, because I'm like, like, really? Like, do, do you really not see what's going on? <laughs> like, right. why else are you here, right. you know? So, right. yeah, it just kind of, that part kind of bugged me. But uh, but otherwise, yeah, it, it was a good episode. That thing you said about Alex, like, I feel like it continues to become that way as the show goes on, you know? Like, yeah. her questions are no longer good questions. They're just like one word questions, you know? Like, um, you know, like her, her editor will say something like, you know, oh yeah, like we got a call from so-and-so and and they want to talk to you about, you know, the Pythagorean math concerning music. And then she's like, 
what do you mean by Pythagorean, you know? And then, mm-hmm. like, and then it just always becomes this whole, like, we're just asking questions for the sake of exposition now, you know what I mean? Yeah. In, instead of, like, general interest or, you know, like, curiosity. it was It's more of just kind of, like, we need to tell you what this means. So Alex is going to ask a single word question, you know? Um, yeah. Or she's going to say, what do you mean by X? Or what do you mean by Y? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then have the X, the so-called expert talk to us about it. And I just felt like it just kept going back and forth between those, you know? It's like X, like Alex asks, asks the expert, you know, questions and then the expert answers and doesn't really give us an answer to like what we're looking for, you know? Yeah. And it just kept doing that over and over again. And so I think for some people, they'll enjoy it. They'll like it, um, especially if they like um, the sort of investigative journalism, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, I was just like, OK, I just I just I just can't do it anymore. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it was very interesting at first. The stories were very creepy. And then all of a sudden it just kind of fell flat a little bit. Yeah, overall, it, it is pretty scary. And some episodes are kind of so-so, but some are really good. You know, mm-hmm. and as I said earlier, they kind of strike a really good balance of like it being creepy, scary, and like mysterious all all in one. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually does make me interested in continuing the rest of the series, to be honest. Um, right? Yeah, because I'm like, it's not that I want to see where the story's going. I just want to hear more creepy stories. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there is an overall narrative thread, but I don't care that much about the thread. I'm more interested in like what other interesting, mysterious investigations can they go on now, you know? Right. Right. So our next uh, story, horror story we'll be talking about is The Quarry. So The Quarry is a horror video game created by uh, Supermassive Games, and they're really well known for creating cinematic horror experiences with their games so they're almost kind of like a choose your own adventure kind of story and uh the quarry recently just came out this year so that's why we'll be talking about it today um Mm -hmm. and also so uh, the quarry is about uh these two camp counselors they go out for for summer camp you know to to do the camp counselor thing but they uh they accidentally like run into something on the way there and so while they're trying to fix their car they like experience some really creepy stuff going on in these woods and they get pulled over by a cop and this cop also gives off creepy vibes and the cop insists on them like not going to the camp quite yet like not until the morning even though you know the camp counselors they're scheduled they're supposed to be there they scheduled there and so and like any horror story they ignore him and and they they go <laughs> they they go they go they go to the the camp spot and no one's there but they hear like a noise in the the cellar in the in the basement in the underground shelter basement of the camp and when they get into there they get attacked by like this monster looking thing and then the cop comes in and shoots at the monster and is able to stop it. This story just kind of tells the story of all these camp counselors at this summer camp as they kind of deal with this like mysterious creature that's kind of like uh, going on about the campgrounds. I think that's the best way to explain that. I'm kind of running out of uh, steam here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, essentially what you do is you play the characters in this video game, in this story. You play the ensemble which is kind of like the camp counselors. And you essentially walk them through the story. And for those of you who don't want to like do the interactive part of it, you can actually like do like an automated version of it where the where you choose like what the characters like their personalities type types are and you can literally hit play and then you can watch, you know, the the video game play itself. Um, it can be a little jarring at times because it takes out all the interactive parts of it. So it will just play you the cutscenes, and so it'll just go from cutscene to cutscene. But if you, you know, absolutely want to, you know, see the story, then 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 definitely do it. But I feel like this game is most fun and enjoyable when you are able to play the characters and make the decisions on the spot. Yeah, and kind of like 
in in ensemble stories like you'll see things from different perspectives and uh, depending on your choices these characters can live or die and that's always like the main catch for the creators for this horror franchise so this story really only takes about maybe seven eight hours on your first playthrough but i have like 36 hours (laughs) for 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 (laughs) this game like like my my play time is runs at 36 hours because I kept wanting to play it over and over and over again and see the different outcomes and, and see the different, you know, things that, that you can do and see how much attention to detail that the writers have. And surprisingly enough, they actually are very attentive to all the little choices that you make in the story. I think a lot of people are very picky about, like, the impact of the choices. Like, like oh, but I did this, but it didn't really play a big part. True, it doesn't, but... They still acknowledge it, you know, and I think that's that's the big part for me, at least what what appealed to me for this kind of game. Jonathan, what do you think of this game? I enjoyed playing the game, but I did not like the writing or the story. And you might be like, well, how would you enjoy it if you didn't like the writing in the story? Because the writing in the story is like, you know, most of the game or whatever. Right, I think right. that the, it kind of adds an, an, another enjoyment factor when you're able to actually play the characters themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm willing to sit through and, like play through the game even though the story and the writing is not good because it feels like i can actually make an impact on how the story goes you know yeah and maybe my choices will make it so that i can have a desirable outcome by the end of the game you know Mm -hmm. um and so that's that's kind of my overall like quick thoughts on it I, i would say that the reason why i don't like the writing and the story is because it felt like all the characters had the same humor. Like, they all made the same jokes. Um, yeah. All the characters sounded the same, save mm-hmm. for maybe one or two quirks that they had, you know? Yeah. Um, like, all the women, save for maybe one of the women characters, um, like, they all were this very sort of fierce and strong, like, character. But they all kind of came off as, like not caring about anybody else, you know? I don't know if you felt that, but... um, And so it kind of paints them as, like, a catty woman, you know? And Mm -hmm. I don't think that was the goal. I think the goal was to make them, like, fierce, strong, independent women, which is great. But they came off as not caring about others around them, you know? Yeah. Um, And so I was like, that's that's weird, you know? Like, like, um... I think there are ways to make strong, independent female characters without making them into, you know, B-words, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the game failed to do that, in my opinion. Yeah, and then maybe there was just, like, one female character who was very kind, and she was, like, very shy and reserved and stuff. like. And I was like, that's so... We're getting, like, these very two polar opposite sort of like female tropes here you know yeah um and and i i just i didn't like that i just felt like the female characters in this game were just not very well written you know mm-hmm. um and the choices we had while controlling them were like all the same and they all sounded the same to me and made the same jokes but again the jokes thing is all all across the board you know like all the camp counselors made the same jokes you know they yeah. all like really bad puns Or, like, really bad, like, dad jokes. And so you could tell, like, some older... It might have been, like, older (laughs) white men who wrote this. You know what I mean? Um, And so I was like, yeah, yeah, this just doesn't doesn't feel... um, It doesn't feel organic, I guess, you know? It doesn't feel... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they ran out of time. It is a a crap ton of writing because there's so many storylines, you know? But... I just kind of felt a little shorthanded. And then when it comes to the actual story part of it, they focus so much on the front facing plot, like the, let's call it the A story, you know, like the main storyline of like, where does the monster come from and how do we get rid of the monster? They focus so much on that, that like the B story 
suffered so much you know what i mean and the yeah. b story being like the characters themselves how do they overcome this like story what does it say about who they are and where they came from and how does it push them to become better people that b story was totally thrown into the trash because we don't get any background on any of the characters. We get very little dialogue on who they are, where they came from, why they're camp counselors. The The most we know is about Ryan and Dylan. Those are, like, the only two camp counselors we know about, you know, who, like, you know, Dylan says that he's not like this at home. And then Ryan we know has like been the camp counselor there the longest and he used to get in trouble a lot as a kid and this helped him this camp helped him to um sort of you know find a safe space you know Mm -hmm. um outside of that and so like if you don't pay attention to those little things you don't get that and then even then the main story doesn't push our characters to dig deep into themselves to find those things about themselves to bring out you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I feel like the writing is not good is because it just, it doesn't do our characters any favors in terms of like liking them. You know what I mean? Us liking yeah. them. And yeah. actually, I, I think it's hard watching people stream this video game and like, and like hate it because they can't relate to any of the characters, you know, because they essentially, the characters are very shallow, you know, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. They're just kind of tropes to the worst degree you know yeah yeah and that that's kind of like that's kind of the the thing though that this this horror franchise kind of does though which is really odd um we've played uh, some of their other games as well they tend to be a little tropey too um and so they like to take these tropes and just kind of exaggerate them but i think the quarry is is one of their weaker examples um their first game i felt did a way better job i don't think we've talked about it until dawn i don't i don't think we've talked about until dawn but um that one kind of like has the tropes but also had very good character moments and had moments for them to redeem themselves but this one it's sort of like if you make a character survive they have no redeeming moment and they play no other significant role past their 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 survival it's sort of like you're just kind of there in the background it's like why are you here (laughs) you know right um so it felt like even if you made them survive like you want to make all the characters survive even if they did survive they don't even contribute or help to the later issues throughout the story so there's that kind of issue too but what i did like so the reason why Despite all, all so, so everything that that Jonathan said, I completely agree with. You know, the the writing, the characters, I agree with. But the reason why I still have thirty six hours was because <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's I was willing to kind of put up with it, but also like what I wanted to see was that because these characters have a very specific kind of like narrow sense about them i was wondering if it's like well if it's like this then how can you orchestrate it how can you orchestrate their fates to be more poetic you know like 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 like, so to speak Mm -hmm. poetic you know and there is a way to do it you know um you know all the characters can can get hurt and infected all the characters can can die all the characters can you know meet all these different types of tragic fates but depending on how you like move them about like you can tell you can actually tell a pretty decent story depending on how on how you make them survive you know only someone with like a very strong director creator mindset (laughs) will really like enjoy that you know what i mean for me I, i really enjoyed that trying to figure out the puzzle of how can you still make a good story out of this you know and i think yeah. there is a way but most people will just play this maybe like once or twice once to kind of see their first impressions and another to see what other choices they can do but that's pretty much how i feel about it um so yeah definitely if you're interested you can pretty much watch this online like it's pretty much a movie it's a it's a long movie it's an eight hour movie you know so but um it's yeah because of the way they tell the story like you can watch it like as like as if it is a movie so it's it's no it's no big deal so if you're like if you're one of those horror viewers where it's like you know you don't really want to play a game this one isn't really a game you literally just sit and watch (laughs) it so 
if that sounds interesting, you can definitely check it out. Um, so yeah, uh, so Jonathan, how would you, like, your overall thoughts on this? I feel like it's definitely worth playing for those of you who are gamers, um, at least to try it, you know, for a little bit. I feel like it's engaging enough, especially if you have, like, friends to, like, watch you play or even play with. If you're not a gamer, then I would skip out on it or watch a playthrough. But even then, if you watch a playthrough, every playthrough is going to be different because that's how much choices matter in the game. So, you know, definitely try it. Try watching it. And if you end up being like, oh, that's cool. Um, I like that. Then, you know, definitely watch another playthrough to see what other people are trying to get their characters to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that pretty much does it for this episode of our Halloween special and pretty much for this year's Halloween special. Um, man, we covered a lot <laughs> this time mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just so much we want to talk about and there's still more we haven't talked about you know <laughs> yeah did we have any honorable mentions or whatever oh i did want to give a quick shout out to brenda song who actually is in the quarry so you know if you're a brenda song fan or if you want to support mong american actors and actresses then definitely you know check out the quarry yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. honorable mentions for anything yeah honorable mentions um so there were a few things we were gonna talk about, but they were like pretty much on the chopping block and got got axed off. Um, so I think in our first Halloween special we talked about Annihilation um, by Alex Garland, and I really liked that movie. And this year he made a movie called Men, and for some reason, oh, well, I thought like, well, I loved Annihilation, maybe I'll like Men. And Jonathan and I both watched it. <laughs> We were all like, what the, <laughs> like, like, what the F? <laughs> so, um, it was okay, I guess. I think it had a lot more to say, but I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was said properly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, I guess a shout out to that or an honorable mention, but we didn't really, like, like we thought of it, but we right. didn't, we didn't bring it on. And then um, another honorable mention is for Secrets in the Hot Spring, which is on Netflix. Um, We thought it was decent and we kind of wanted to talk about it. We just couldn't find a place to put it. Um, But uh, in the end, I felt like for that one, the the idea that everything was a joke um, just didn't do any favors for the main character and his own personal story, I felt. And Mm -hmm. so overall, enjoyable, but... um, it just kind of it didn't take itself seriously enough for, in my opinion yeah and it's understandable because it is kind of like a comedy horror yeah mm-hmm. but they, i think they focus a little way too much on the comedy <laughs> mm-hmm. to the point where it downplays the message of the entire film um, right yeah i right. agree yeah besides that uh thank you for listening to this episode of the outside story and uh Stay tuned for next year because we'll definitely be around for this (laughs) for more Halloween stories to tell. We'll see you next time.